Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us, and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on. Hello, I'm Rebecca Roberts. Hi, I'm Harriet Small. Welcome to Have You Got Five Minutes, the PR, comms and marketing podcast answering the things you'd normally have asked about at an event or while making a brew in the office. Hi Harriet, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I've missed this. I know, it's been actually a while, hasn't it, since I felt a bit bereft after we stopped recording with season one. Like we need, I think that for the first few weeks we still spoke every recording day just to kind of catch up. <laughs> If it it feels like, yeah, I've been on holiday and I've come back to work. (laughs) But the fun work, the side work. (laughs) Yeah, the fun work. So for our first episode back in season two, I thought it's a really timely moment because we both talked about this book that we've read called Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes and who's written like TV hits like Grey's Anatomy and Harriet's secret favourite, Bridgerton. I joke. But I think the whole thing with this podcast has been it was something that we just had an idea and thought should we do it and then we just went for it and again you know coming back for season two it's like should we just go for it and do another one and the whole book is around just seizing opportunities kind of in the moment and saying yes to everything like what do you love about the book? So what I love in the book is how much she said no to things and then when she started saying yes to things it was like that incremental change she started seeing overnight I really really liked that and I think also is that whole thing it's another thing she talks about about hashtags I know we've talked about it on here before but a hashtag is not saving the world it's just a hashtag so don't just have hashtags on things go out and actually do things it's like saying hashtag young people matter in PR but actually what are you doing to help them in PR or hashtag black lives matter hashtag this you know there's so many hashtags but what are you actually doing to make a difference I really that's probably one of my favorite things from the book yeah I like the fact it reminds us about sort of to say present take on the experiences they come because I'm, I'm also reading a book called the daily stoic at the moment and there's one quote in there around like not putting things off for tomorrow or one day because that's just the easy option to say like oh, i'll do it later i mean we've talked about procrastination but it's that that same thing about like the present decisions you make today will affect your tomorrow so if you're saying like you know the hashtag be kind or i want to do something or yeah i should start saying that like don't just start saying like oh i should start accepting that or putting myself out there it's what are you going to do this year or this month to make a difference and i think each of those decisions each day you make kind of contribute towards that yeah and for me most people will know because some people listen to this podcast have also probably asked me on their podcast and i've said no because i never used to do podcasts like I'm very conscious about the sound of my voice and I know I don't really have that podcaster's voice in quotes and then when this opportunity came along for us to do this I just sort of said yes I don't know whether it was because of lockdown boredom or what it was but I've loved it I've loved getting to meet new people I love getting to speak to you every week learning new things from our guests I mean, we've had some phenomenal guests and we've got some extraordinary guests coming up and even that just blows my mind. It's been really exciting. We were saying about having that creative outlet and just going for it and saying like, who would we love to speak to? Who would be amazing? And just asking people. And so far, like everyone with us has said yes, which is mad. So yeah, everyone's saying yes to us, but I think it's because you've read the book. (laughs) So I think this week we wanted for our five minutes is to talk about the return to the office or hybrid working as it's going to be, but not in the same way as a lot of people have done, or with that sort of 
I don't want to ever go back to the office again. And so I'm self-righteous. Well, you don't want to go back. You want to go back to the office. So you must have a crappy home life. No, we're not going to talk about it from that sense. But we are going to talk about it from the sense of how it, the future and the thinking around the future impacts different generations. And there was some really good research, which Bruce Daisley shared on his LinkedIn, which is by Microsoft. And it's titled, The Next Great Disruption is Hybrid Work. Are We Ready? And it's really quite interesting. And they have some trends. So Rebecca, what did you take from that piece of research? Well, as people who do actually follow other stuff I do, which I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to youth marketing trends and youth comms and things and I've got an annual report that's coming out a big plug called um, Engaging Youth which I'm working on at the moment so I'm reading lots of research reports and the consistent theme I'm finding across lots of the reports is the impact of the pandemic on young people's work lives and their prospects and what I really think stood out from the Microsoft research was tallies up with other stuff I'm reading around you know not only are young people going to be facing a very challenging workforce so that means they're going to be taking jobs that are kind of lower grade it's more competitive or getting stuck in jobs where they would have normally taken leaps to move on you're also seeing from this Microsoft data is that the skills that they're developing are very different. So, you know, when we spoke to Arvind about like the big agency and what we're going to see there, and you know, for a lot of young people at different stages in their life, work means different things. So a lot of young people will take a city job because the environment, the office environment, meeting friends, having that kind of the free drinks, the drinks after work, the social aspect is really important to them. And I think lockdown really forced them to assess the work. That's one side. But the data from Microsoft was around young people's kind of lack of confidence or growing lack of confidence in putting ideas forward in meetings. And, you know, this whole podcast started off because we were saying we're not having the corridor the water cooler moments you know missing those little conversations to talk about the industry and different things that are going on and I think the one risk with hybrid or a thing that I guess that different generations are thinking about hybrid working is who you're going to learn from like those opportunities are going to be produced because of hybrid working yeah and something I've been thinking about but also came up in the research was about learning by osmosis so when you're next to people and you're learning from them but I guess the other thing for me is this whole thing about recruitment and how people enter roles or change sectors because a lot of people just want someone who's going to hit the ground running especially in this hybrid world because you're not next to them you employers are sort of much more reluctant to want to train people they just say okay so give me x person I'll just pick them from the same same sector probably the same level or just below and then they can just come jump in and do what I need them to do and then I guess young people are going to miss out on a lot of things but I also think that we've done so much to go above and beyond for the organizations that we work for the clients that we work for and I think even within that some people have really struggled to demarcate work and life and I think that's only going to get worse yeah I mean I think obviously from my perspective I work at home before the pandemic and I think the adjustment for me was less dramatic than you know, say my husband who'd been in-house in an organization then forced to work at home full-time because you're right it's that the habits and the way you break up working for your organization for your home life as well I think that's really hard and I think you know you look at the whole Goldman Sachs report around the hours they were working and that came out and it was like crazy crazy hours and I know that a lot of sectors will have crazy hours still but you know you're not commuting so that's time increased this Microsoft study sort of said like every meeting's at least 10 minutes longer and we're seeing more 
normal people share documents and work on documents together because of the pandemic. But actually with that, and I've sat on meetings very recently where it's like, can't do this by committee. We need to work out ways of working here virtually that still give people autonomy to do stuff. The other thing that I thought was really interesting was this whole concept of this blended work set up in a lot of I guess tech companies you know Twitter were very fast to say last May I think come out and say you know if your job can be done at home people are going to be allowed to do that permanently and a lot of tech companies you would think are really set up for that remote working but have kind of been slow to do it so Google have come out and said actually we're going to want people to be in commutable distance to our offices and we want sort of three days a week what I thought was really interesting is no one's really gone much further than that they're just sort of saying collaborative work and all the rest of it it was a quote from and I'll put it in the show notes but a quote from someone at IBM who actually said I worry about people's career trajectories with hybrid working because unless you're working with people and developing the people skills to manage other people whether that's remotely or in person you're really boxing yourself off so I think that whole comment around the hybrid working changing the work environment is a really serious one because actually if you've not actually worked in person with people ever in your career and then what you could only manage people remotely like I think that's a really good point I don't think we're going beneath the surface of the argument of like oh is it three days two days? like regardless of whatever you set up that's right for what work you do or whatever I think it comes down to the skill sets you want your workforce to have yeah and I also think that just from a team building perspective as well if you're a team and you deliver certain things so for example in my role I deliver awards I deliver conferences I deliver facilitate sessions I do all sorts of stuff where I have to work together with other people to deliver that and I have to be in a room with them sometimes. So recently we did our staff awards and I was in a room and and it was completely different. It's a different vibe. It's a different energy when you're in the room versus just doing it remotely and sitting at home. You're going to have a situation or scenario where you're going to have people who are, okay, I'll come into the office. I'll do this piece of work. We'll work together. And then other people are like, yeah, I'll sit at home and do it remotely. Well, as time goes on, you're going to see who's going to start to get those career enhancing opportunities, who's going to be able to get those skills and develop those things. And then when promotions come along or when opportunities come along outside of that organisation, it will be really interesting to see how people progress because they've been in person and had been able to develop that sort of different skill set. So, yeah, the hard one. The whole concept of what office life is, is the discussion, not is it three days, two days? Because I think the war against flexible work has ended, has to end. And as a parent, I'm really glad about that. This office presenteeism, this supports kind of the patriarchal system. And I think even for fathers, they can challenge that whole construct of why am I in the office? But I think if you just revert back to, well, just the normal, what we always used to do in the office versus what you could do in the office around collaborative work or skill development or connecting with other people. It's just an interesting one. I spoke to someone literally yesterday who was saying what they're doing is they're reducing their office space to save money. They're investing that in staff activities in terms of opportunities to like get to know each other as a team, to socialise and then work away on like big strategic stuff and then have the kit to kind of make that work day to day. I just think there's just not going to be one size that fits all. It's kind of exciting, but also, yeah, you just wouldn't want to bet on what happens. Yeah, and I think just on the point around the research something I I read in there was about how different generations are quite scared or reluctant to contribute in meetings and I think that's just something we need to bear in mind is that sometimes you can be in a room with quite senior people and if you have somebody who's maybe at a certain stage of their career they may not be 
encouraged to sort of speak up there's so many different people in the room I would encourage everyone to go and listen to um the audio book that Bruce Daisley did on Audible um no office required because it's really good and in that one of the experts actually explains how different people from different cultures feel reluctant to speak up in meetings and it's one of those things that's going to keep coming up because if someone's not that boisterous or there's no proper system so for us we have a sort of virtual hand raising thing that the chair can see but not every organization uses those or has those yeah that's a really good point i think it goes back to those we've used tech solutions to solve a problem around a logistical problem it doesn't solve a people problem and i think we need to remember that we're still working with people even if it is through a screen yeah thanks for joining us and everything we've mentioned will be in the show notes we're talking about the questions and issues that matter to you so dm us on social or get in touch with harriet at commsovercoffee.com or myself rebecca at threadandfable.com if you enjoy the podcast please do rate review subscribe so others can find us and have five minutes with us find us on twitter at rebecca robert seven or at harriet Smalzy. Season two of Have You Got Five Minutes is brought to you in partnership with Nextdoor, the neighbourhood app that's used by one in seven households in the UK. This past 18 months, we've all needed to connect a little closer with the communities around us and Nextdoor are working to create a kinder place for people to have a neighbourhood that they can rely on.